1: Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Sue Atkins. Sue Atkins is an internationally recognized parenting expert, broadcaster, speaker, and author of the Amazon best selling books Parenting Made Easy, How to Raise Happy Children, and Raising Happy Children for Dummies, which is one in the famous Black and Yellow series, as well as the author of the highly acclaimed parenting made easy resources. She regularly appears on the award-winning flagship ITV show this morning, Good Morning Britain and Sky News, and is the parenting expert for many BBC radio stations around the UK. So is the parenting expert for Disney Junior and records monthly podcasts and Facebook Live tea parties around parenting hacks. So I'm super excited to welcome Sue Atkins to the show. Welcome, Sue. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, I'm super excited to have you because I have watched you on television and I love your advice. And I also know that so many of my listeners are in desperate need of parenting support and advice because going through a divorce has obviously a huge impact on your children. And I know it's something that worries a lot of my listeners. Before I ask you
2: some questions about that, though,
1: can you tell us a little bit about your story? Because I know that you're divorced too, right?
2: Yes, I was divorced about, I suppose it's coming up to seven years ago, and I won't go into the details of why that happened, but I found it a harrowing experience. I found that I'd go to bed and I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I'd be terrified in fear. Oh, no, it wasn't a dream. Oh, no, it's not a nightmare. It's my real life. Where will I live? How will I cope? What will I do with the kids? And, you know, everything you held dear felt that it had been pulled from with under you. You know, the rug had been pulled. And it is personally the most terrifying experience I've ever been through. I found it absolutely harrowing. So then I started to write about it, create products around it, podcast around it, because it was, you know, my experience, and I'm sort of trained in self-development, and I'm trained in, you know, all sorts of things to support parents generally. I thought, well, I'm going to turn this very... Difficult experience into something hopefully helpful for others to empower them, to give them strength, and to to know that you do come through it. So, from that very difficult experience came all sorts of wonderful things. And I've got a new journal for children launching in this year called the Divorce Journal for Kids, uh, where children can express their emotions. They can either do it on their own, they can. Show it and share it with mum or dad or grandma or anyone around them to help support them emotionally. I remember when I was a deputy head and class teacher, uh, there were five children going through divorce in our year group across the two classes. And we set up this thing to drop in and chat because my Uh, TA was actually a trained therapist so between the two of us we had a lot of experience and kids would drop in at lunchtime or they would drop in at playtime and it was a safe place to perhaps let off some steam or just talk or whatever or cry or or whatever and I remember this little girl beautiful girl I don't know if I should mention her name Elaine Fagan she's probably I don't know god knows how old now very grown up but she said no one's listening to me she said and I, I was very struck by it because everybody was organising everything around her, and she was the one that had to pack the bag and move on a Friday or Saturday morning or whatever it was. And so from that, it must have stayed with me, and that's when I wrote then the Divorce Journal for Kids to help them, you know, get it in perspective, get rid of some of their emotions, and to help them process what's happening to them and with them. And then it it expanded into doing some coaching with parents and mums or dads to help them on the journey, because, you know, it's such a difficult time that mums and dads, you know, they're coping themselves mainly. And so that they find it difficult sometimes to talk with their kids or discipline them or keep the boundaries the same because they feel so guilty. So I help parents, you know, around all of that sort of thing. No finger pointing, no judging, just around supporting.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important.
2: How did you find your divorce impacted your family unit and I was very determined that my kids uh, they were older they were sort of of around about 18 and 20 Uh, I was determined that they wouldn't have to feel sorry for me or feel responsible for me as I sort of went into a journey of you know buying a new house moving away from an area um, you know getting a new place organized and all the rest of it and not seeing them they were going through that real phase of breaking away of course they were they were flying the nest. yeah I thought, oh my God, how am I going to cope? And there are long days and long nights without seeing people. Although I have my work and I love all of that, but you know that's social. So I'm so, as you know, I'm so sociable, and yeah. the idea of not seeing the kids also. But I didn't want to cramp their style, and you know, I was longing for them to come home on a Sunday for Sunday lunch. And the irony is, five or six or seven years later, you know, now they've grown up, got partners. Uh, we've been in lockdown. In fact, my son came back on the Friday before the first lockdown because he sensed something was going to go on and they locked down they thought for a couple of weeks but they stayed five months so I really got to know my son and his girlfriend very well and I really loved it you know so you just never know in life the rhythms and patterns and where it can lead you. And I'm sort of hopefully explaining some of this to give you hope that while you're in the nightmare of it, and it really can feel like that, it really Mm. can feel very, very traumatic if you're not careful, unless you've decided you want to do it and you're getting on with it. But I found it quite difficult. And you do get through it in time. Time is the biggest thing. And looking at ways to empower yourself. Don't become bitter and twisted. That really then is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, you know, or or get ill. That's not very good. And make sure you put the children at the heart of this process. When I'm working with parents over their parenting plans and stuff, I get them to put a photograph of their child or their children in the centre of the table. And I always remember working with a lovely, lovely couple. They were both so nice, but it was quite difficult and challenging and tense. But we did something together. This is when you could really see people in the same room. And then I asked him, you know how Ruby would feel about it and he said oh no that's not a good idea because then his whole focus went towards the child rather than this kind of you know what it's like this backwards and forwards between the couple and I've always used that as a good sort of measure to make sure that children feel they're at the heart of the process with the parents despite what's happened between them.
1: Yeah I think it's really important so you mentioned parenting plans there explain a little bit about how that works and how my listeners could use that
2: yes I have a parenting plan that I work through with parents in fact if you put it into my blog I put up an example of it that you can have a look at it works better of course if I'm sort of working with you and the couple or with one or other of you because it gives you clarity and it gives you direction and it gives you confidence to preempt and communication should be at the key of all of this business co-parenting is not easy but it's important so Mm. that's where I think we should start from so the parenting plan looks at all sorts of things education if they're coming up to 11 and they're going to go to secondary school who's going to make that ultimate decision can you make it together if you've got an additional needs child or a child that needs medical care you know how's this going to work if they need a new pair of shoes Who's responsible for that? Can we do this co-parenting at least with dignity and respect? So who's having them on your birthday? How does Christmas work? So I believe if you preempt some of these common uh, moments, you know, you help your children feel safer because you've planned it. It's not sort of chaotic in the last minute. And also you feel better. Uh, It's not always easy. As I said, I think it's very, very important.
1: I agree it's really important and I heard actually yesterday from a client who was struggling over screen time and bedtime, having different rules in different homes and for her that was a really big issue. What would your advice be for
2: her? In life, you can't really change another no matter how much you really want to, whether you're divorced from that person or not, you know, even if it's your mother or your father-in-law, you can't change the way they think about things and so you should stop trying. So the only person you can control is yourself. So I work a lot with empowering people to think about the bigger picture because I know it's frustrating if you say, eat your broccoli, go to bed, brush your teeth because that's your job. Usually the mum's when she's got the kids. And dad is what I call sort of a Disneyland dad where it's a bit, you know, let's play PlayStation, stay up late and eat popcorn. And I know I'm stereotyping, so dads don't blame me. Please, it's not always that way around. It can be the other way around too, of course. But there's usually a good cop, bad cop in any family, whether you're divorced or separated or not. So the idea being is you do it your way in your house and you have to for your own mental health and well-being and you know, get rid of that frustration and that incandescent anger around what they do with dad. Now, if you do have a good relationship with mum or dad, you know, whoever's going to um, be looking after the kids, if you can, Sing from the song sheet, same song sheet, on some of these things like bedtime, homework, technology, then it does make life much easier for the kids. But children are very flexible and very resilient and they adapt and they soon work out that this is what we do in mum's house and this is what we do in dad's. And, you know, the bigger picture is. That's what's important. They grow up to be happy and confident, resilient, hard work, and all these big values that we want. And it really won't matter in five or ten years when you look back and say, yeah, they stayed out late on that Friday night till 11. I wasn't very happy with that. So try and take yourself out into the bigger picture. You keep doing what you do. Don't get pulled into what they're doing there. Do what you feel is right, mm. and you are raising a happy, confident kid, and that's important.
1: I think that's really good advice because we can't control what anyone else does. We can only control ourselves and our, our own reactions to, to situations. Another client of mine recently has been talking about a new partner that's being introduced by her ex. He's moved on. He's got a new partner. She hasn't yet. And she was asking what's the best way to introduce new partners to your kids? When's the right time? Is there the right time? And, and how, how is the best way to do that
2: for kids? I've just recorded a podcast on that people send me in don't stew ask Sue and I had something similar it wasn't actually a divorce it was uh, the death of a partner four years ago and the dad has you know it's a family kind of friend that the child knows and that he's known for years and it's turned into something gentle and romantic and rather nice and the daughter who's 12 I think is going through you know beginning adolescence and all the rest of it and he thought it was going to be okay, and then suddenly she realized the relationship had changed, and she's got stroppy and difficult and emotional and moody and being very difficult, and he's sort of feeling a bit stuck in the middle, and what should he do? He loves his daughter completely, of course. He'd like to develop the relationship with the new partner. So I wrote it. I've talked about it on the podcast. So I've written about it. It's about realizing, you know, hold the space for your child to feel heard. And you don't have to be your child's friend. You are there to be their parent. And they don't understand, and why should they? And they don't need to understand the nuances, the complications, the difficulties, and how complicated relationships are. So sometimes children feel very guilty, even if it's self-inflicted. It's not that you've made them feel stuck in the middle or anything like that. But they feel you know, that perhaps, oh, you've moved on and dad hasn't or mum hasn't. And they feel a bit responsible for that person. So it's about introducing the new partners gently and slowly, talking about it. Listening is a great skill and not necessarily feeling that you have to take on their viewpoint, but certainly hold the space for them to feel valued and listened to and then carry on with your life. You know, you can't live your life uh, stuck or lonely if you don't want to and you've met somebody else. You know, it's about doing things together sometimes when you just meet that person. Don't sort of sit opposite the new partner and expect them to, you know, fall in love with you as well as your father or mother. It's about doing stuff together. Like we used to be able to, you know, go bowling or go for a walk or go for a meal outdoors or something so that it's not too intense when you're introducing a new person what would
1: you suggest if they don't seem to get on well? So if the kids say, well, I don't like your new girlfriend
2: or I don't like your new boyfriend. Well, I always talk about... Blending is, you know, this blended families. uh, Lots of people talk about, or step families. I talk about it as a slow burning casserole. It's not really put it into the blender and everyone comes out like the Brady Bunch. That's not really realistic. And I've got a blog all around the ten myths of when you start to come together as a family, a new family. Take your time. It takes time. Sort of, you know, like somebody, get to know them. The key energy, of course, is respect. So you must sort of insist that they respect the other person and don't speak badly to them. But don't expect them to suddenly, you know, think they're marvellous and really just bond up with them instantly. Just take your time. Keep the bigger picture. Any change, that major change that happens can take up to 18 months to two years to adapt to, whether that's a bereavement you know, redundancy or divorce. And most people don't realize that. I worked with a client one time and he said, I can't get over why my ex, you know, she doesn't seem to be getting on with her life or or being very nice to me. And I said, well, how long has it been since you, you know, went through this? He said, well, it's been six weeks. And I (laughs) thought, oh my goodness, you know, it just takes as long as it takes as well. I mean, it's like a piece of string. Everybody's different. And some people recover from it quickly. Some people never recover cover and become very bitter and twisted and when their children start to get married you know you have to sit in one room and they have to put them on a table miles away in the marquee because they can't look at each other now that's not a great way to be in life and whilst it's not easy to forgive and you may not forgive quickly or easily or straight away it is important for your own mental health to sort of find some form of compromise within that situation.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And Compromise is a great way to, to try and smooth over some of those rough edges and not always fighting things to the death, maybe choosing your battles and working yes. out the best way forward. Do you think there is a good age for kids for, for getting divorced? So for example, if you're a parent, I know a lot of my listeners are thinking, gosh, I want to get divorced, but I'm not sure the kids are too young or they've got exams coming up. Is there a good age for getting divorced or is it just going to be a bit of a challenge whatever age?
2: Well, people have asked me, when's the ideal age to start a family? There is no such thing, is there? You know, you don't ever get all your ducks lined up in a row. You never have enough money. You never have enough time. And for children, sometimes staying in a relationship is the worst thing. I remember meeting someone on a course, and she was, I don't know, in her 30s, and she said, oh, you know, I wish my mum and dad had divorced. The underlying passive tension in the house for years was awful. And yet her parents thought they were doing a great job in covering it up. But children are very sensitive, like we all are. You used to go to a dinner party and you walk in you think, what oh, was a funny atmosphere in here? The hostess have had a bit of a barney, I think, before we've arrived. You mm-hmm. can't put your finger on it, but you know it. And it's the same with children. The core thing here is, you know, to be considered. There's always going to be something, isn't there? There's always going to be a new school or a grandparent's poorly or something comes in the way of wanting to do it. Of course, if you're not doing it, and most families, you know, I was going to say most families uh, or people that start to think about this, they don't do it overnight. I remember talking to another client. She said, well, I felt unhappy and I know exactly where I was. I was in the park in Sandestead and I looked over at the kids on the slide and I thought, I've got to get out of this relation. I'm just unhappy. And it took her seven years to get through that sort of moment. But when she looked back, she remembered when she sort of knew she needed to do that or wanted to do that. So most parents don't do this quickly, lightly or irresponsibly, despite what the government might say and statistics might say. Most parents take this very seriously and it's, it's a big move, you know. I
1: got divorced when my son was only one in our situation, like he doesn't actually remember me being together with his dad. He's only ever known two different homes. So he's never really had an issue with going between two homes because that's all he's ever known. Do you think that's a good way to do it? Or is it better when kids are older, when they've had that experience of family life, and then they're getting a bit older and understand, but sometimes that can be more challenging?
2: There is no right. There is no wrong. So don't beat yourself up about it. Do what you feel is the right thing to do. Children will respond and react and be resilient to it. The key energy, though, is it's not the divorce that damages the children. It's the level of conflict they experience. So that can be whether they're one, 21 or anything in between. It's about how you handle it you know, going forward. So don't do that to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Cut yourself some slack and do the right thing. And always listen and talk with your children about it. Age appropriate and don't confide too much in them. I had a mum recently who was, I think, offloading too much stuff onto her teenage daughter, who's her daughter, not her friend. And I suggested, you know, she jumped on a Zoom call with a glass of wine and talked to her friends rather than offloading that onto her daughter. But there is no ideal age.
1: That's good advice, not treating your kids as friends, especially when they're older. And it can seem an easy option to do. When it comes to actually telling your children you're getting divorced, what's your advice
2: for that situation? Well, I've, yeah, I prepare. I've written something about that too on my blog around um, making sure that you have thought it through. I mean, get a cup of coffee, sit down. And get a piece of paper and jot down some of the main things you want to say. You can't make loads of promises because you don't quite know yourself. But certainly by jotting it down gives you clarity and a bit of confidence. And one key message is to tell the children, because kids blame themselves. Is it because I jumped into your bed too often at night time? Is it because I didn't get great grades? Is it because, you know, I'm a bit moody now I'm a teen? It's not the child's fault. And you must make sure that's one of the big messages that you say when you sit down and chat and don't I get people to draw a circle and put some spokes into it and write down some of the key messages that you can say to your kids because you don't know where you're going to live and you know perhaps you don't know if you're going to change school or something so don't say it because then they won't believe you and you've sort of lost their trust so make sort of key messages and then if you can at all sit down with your partner and agree some of them. And if you can't do that, but at least when you tell the children, you have some sort of united front. If you've got a piece of paper in front of you with a few notes, when it gets tough, when it gets emotional, when you think you're going to cry, you have it on paper to kind of bring yourself back to it. And I remember one of the families I was working with as well, they told all of this to their three-year-old. And because she doesn't understand the concept, her bottom lip started to go and she started to cry. And she said, but who will take care of me? So they'd kind of forgotten at age and stage level of three, all of these things that they had said they'd forgotten the most obvious.
1: Yeah, and that's really a touching story, isn't it? Because you have to step into into your kid's shoes in a way to sort of think, yes. what's what the most important things to them right now? Reassurance and knowing that you're both still going to be there for them has to be top of that list. Uh, and I guess not over-promising things, you know, because sometimes I've, uh, I've had clients where they've told their kids nothing's going to change, don't worry. But obviously, there, there are a lot of changes when you split up, and you know, not overpromising because that can be destabilising as well.
2: Yeah, and then they don't believe you, and then they don't trust you, and they feel long term a bit more insecure, you know. And uh, it's important then to be trustworthy with them, you know, and guide them towards some of the things that you do know that will be okay. And of course, the other thing to do is get a piece of paper and jot down some of the good things. And again, don't be falsely happy, Clappy. So even you know, creating your own new traditions, um, even like around Christmas time, oh, we can have a, a real tree, whereas in the past perhaps you only had a, a plastic one. You know, so you don't get all totally over enthusiastic and overpromised about how marvellous it will be. But on the other hand, there are some real positives that will come from this, and take those positives and use them, and don't make it all about doom and gloom and negativity.
1: Yeah I always tell my son that Father Christmas comes twice if you live in separate homes yes. <laughs> and he does he comes down the chimney twice so there are <laughs> some up, up, upsells <laughs> and I, I even see to the point where a lady one of the mums at school came storming out across the playground after nursery one day when my son was probably about four I think it was three or four and she said son can I talk to you but I was like oops yeah and Karen's one of those mums, he's lovely, but you just don't want to be on the wrong side of her. She came stalking up to me and said, uh, James has come home and asked me and Craig to separate so that he can have two Christmases like Sandy." I was like, ah, yes. Well, he is rather excited about the upside of divorce there. It's quite interesting how kids really take your lead. And if you can show them that there's some good things and some positive things that will come out of it, then they do suck that up really like little sponges, especially when they're super young.
2: And one of the things I always say that divorce is a process. It's not an event So allow your children, it feels like three steps forward and sometimes five steps back. That is the process of it and adjusting to it. And and nobody particularly likes change, but some of the changes are going to be great, and some of them aren't particularly so great. But there's a mixture. And if you keep the bigger picture, overall, everybody settles down. Everything happens for a reason. And people do come through it. And children definitely come through it okay unscathed.
1: How do you feel about emotions with, especially in the early days when you're going through that initial stage of breakup? I know a lot of my listeners find that they sometimes have a wave of emotions. They might get upset. Now, they might not be bawling their eyes out, which obviously wouldn't be appropriate for in front of the children and can be quite destabilizing for them. But yeah. there are times where you know we don't want to hide all our emotions away because sometimes so that's what life is and teaching them mm-hmm. to suppress emotions there's a fine line isn't there so what would your advice be for that for those difficult times when you just really can't help yourself but you're getting upset
2: yes I talk about the seven stages of divorce actually and, and again another blog around it I was doing some work into this and I thought well it's a bit like a bereavement in the sense or you get a diagnosis of some major illness you go through uh, five stages that Kubler-Ross wrote about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote about but then I realized that divorce then has a sixth and a seventh stage so you go through you know denial or anger or acceptance or bargaining all of that and then eventually you get to where you turn the corner and then finally you rise again like a phoenix. And I even bought myself a phoenix ring, actually, because I felt out of the ashes came a new, uh, stronger me. So you can use that. And don't hide your emotions. It's a bit like grief and with... Um, when my father died, it's bereavement as well. When my dad died, you know, how you handle these difficult situations becomes a blueprint for your children because they're watching, learning, listening from you all the time. And I remember there were, a record came on uh, by uh, Luther Vandross and it was dance with my father again. And I remember driving in the car and the kids were in the back and the tears were just streaming down down my face. And, you know, Will put his hand, he said, all right, mum. And I said, you know, pulled over and I said, I was just overcome with such sadness about losing granddad. And, you know, I miss him. And I talked about that and I said, and then it was, I'm okay. We're all right. Let's go. Let's go home. That's fine. So again, you know, acknowledging your strong emotions, children realise that it's okay for them to acknowledge their strong emotions as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Yeah, and also giving them tools to pull themselves out of that, you know, whether it's a hug or putting some happy music on or, you know, putting a smile on your face, whatever, yeah. giving those, giving children those little tools will, will help them learn how to pull themselves out. So I think it's fascinating how children do pick stuff up. And if you do it, and suddenly you'll notice them doing little things because they do watch us, don't they, as their role models and,
2: and copy what we do, which is why it's so important to be aware of
1: what we're doing.
2: They're watching, looking, learning from us all the time. But that's why it's so important not to bow, bad mouth your other partner, whether mm. your mum or your dad, because they are part of that person they look like them or they might play musical instruments because their dad or their mum is musical you know they are half of them and sort of disrespect their other parent rather then they feel a bit compromised they think oh is that part of me that she doesn't like or he doesn't like so be very careful and one of the key things for me is don't do that it doesn't serve it. you might be furious you might be angry again take that stuff over to a friend or a like person like yourself work with you or work with me around sorting those strong emotions out so that your children are not damaged by you not being in a good place Mm, very wise words
1: so my podcast is called heartbreak to happiness Sue. so what is happiness for you how would you describe because I know that you found some happiness haven't you after your
2: divorce can you share a little bit about that with us yeah, sure. Well, I, that's why I like your podcast title because it means, you know, yes, it is heartbreaking, but you do come through to happiness, whatever that means for you because there isn't one size that fits all and you know for me happiness is very simple stuff I keep an attitude of gratitude journal and I encourage the kids that I work with and the families Mm -hmm. I work with in my can-do kids journal to do that exercise regularly so looking for stuff that you feel content with happy with grateful for builds your sense of happiness and I think the story you're looking for is when Mm -hmm. I um I was divorced five years and I went up to my daughter's graduation three and a half years. We went up to her graduation in Manchester and I was on the rescue remedy thinking, God, I've got to get through this. I haven't seen him for a long time. How's it going to be on a train and all of that polite business? We were polite, we, you know, but we weren't particularly friendly. So anyway, daughter's graduation, it was a wonderful time. We spent a lot of time together as a family with my son as well, celebrating Molly. And then we went for dinner and then we walked back. And we had a drink and we listened to some music and we got on so well. And I didn't go down that road of, you know, bringing up old stuff and it was just so nice and we got off the train and he said oh I hope that we do that again sometime would that be all right and then a few weeks later I got invited out for a dog walk because it was really exciting (laughs) so we met for a dog walk and we caught it again for a couple of years we moved in together here and it was my birthday in the summer I won't tell you how old I am well why not? it was a special big birthday we were out in the garden just with the kids because we couldn't have anybody else around <laughs> and he proposed so we're getting married again so wonderful well congratulations to the both
1: <laughs> thank you so much for all your advice I know that lots of my listeners are gonna love everything you've talked about there there's so much there that they can take away if they want to find out more about you Steve, where can people go to find out more information
2: Well, as I said to you before, there is a website with a lady with my name sitting on a yacht and it's not me. So I am the one and only Sue Atkins. It is thesueatkins.com. So check out over there. I've got some divorce cards, conversational cards for co-parenting and talking to your children and telling your children you're going to get divorced. All sorts of resources to help you, not just on the divorce journey, but it's a very important one. But, you know, from toddlers to teens to babies, I've got, you know, quick win videos over there to help and lots of resources so I hope that helps everybody and it's been really lovely chatting with you about this topic because it's so important
1: it is and thank you as always wonderful to chat to you and that's it for today's episode be sure to head over to thesueatkins.com to find out more about Sue and I look forward to you joining me on our next episode
0: that's it for today's episode of heartbreak to happiness head on over to itunes and subscribe to the show one lucky listener every single week that posts a review in itunes will win the chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private vip day including exclusive one-on-one coaching with sarah davison herself be sure to head on over to heartbreak to happiness podcast.com and pick up a free copy of sarah's gift then join us on the next episode